tours with horses. You may have seen videos of dogs or cats pushing buttons that speak out loud in English. My name is Carmen and that's what I'm doing only with my horse. I've been surprised and excited and delighted by what Lyra has said so far and it makes me look forward to the future. Who knows what can happen when we give a voice to our horses. Welcome back to the second episode. Today I'm going to talk about specifics uh, regarding the buttons, where I got them, how many she has, how I choose which words to introduce, what things I've introduced so far, and depending upon time, maybe some of the ideas I have going into the future. Maybe I'll daydream a little bit. Um, I love to do that. But before I jump in, I'd love some help, any help, spreading the word about this effort. I would love to see more people doing it and more people just exploring how human language can be used with animals. So if you could mention the Words with Horses podcast or Facebook group and your social media or rate or review the podcast or drop me some feedback. If you would like me to touch on specific topics or if you have specific questions, my email is wordswithhorses at gmail.com. And that would be awesome. So on to Lyra's buttons. So the buttons themselves, a question I got very frequently on TikTok is where I got the buttons. So I use the learning resources buttons on Amazon. I might have mentioned this in the previous podcast. They're around $20 to $25 for four buttons. There are some other buttons made by Fluent Pet that are... Uh, smaller and possibly of higher quality. I haven't tried any of those just because I think the larger button size is better for a horse's uh, significant snout to be targeting. I might try the Fluent Pet buttons at some point in time. Um, I know horses are incredibly agile with their lips and can pick out individual blades of grass among the weeds and everything, so I'm not closed to the Fluent Pet buttons. I just haven't tried them yet. And for expediency, I've been using the learning resources ones. I have had challenges recording uh, words, certain words that, uh, especially ones that end in a hard stop. Um, sometimes the beginning or the end of the word tends to get cut off a little bit. So I'll have to re-record it multiple times, maybe try to make a, a little quiet sound before or after the word to keep the recording going. Um, but eventually I get a word that sounds good enough for uh, work with Lyra and she hasn't seemed to mind. Um, so I record uh, her buttons on those learning resources buttons. Now they do come in four colors, the ones I've been getting. They come in like a green, uh, like a magenta, purple, blue, and orange. Now I haven't paid too much attention to the color as I'm working with Lyra because horse's vision is dichromatic instead of human vision, which is trichromatic. So a little bit similar to humans who are like, have like red green blindness. Horses are a little bit similar to that. They can see um, kind of green is a fairly decent yellow. And uh, so they can see that pretty well. And then purple is like a bluish color. So they see and basically blues and yellows with a lot of gray in between. So like your really vivid orange traffic cones that we use a lot when we work with horses, those are actually gray. 
So if you're thinking about trying to focus on colors, a horse would really um, key into or a color that would stand out. I would go with like a bright green might be good because there is a lot of gray or even just plain white. White can be great too. So I haven't paid too much attention to color as I've been setting up Lyra's buttons. I think she keys into uh, the button position much more as well as the immediate auditory output when she presses a button, what the button says. She definitely hears what those buttons say and then she knows what's gonna happen next. The next piece is how I mounted them. I mentioned that I used Velcro on the side of her shed. Um, originally I was sticking them directly to the shed but the Velcro started to break down in the summer heat because they would be pretty much in the direct sun until like shortly after noon every day and they started to fall off. So what I did instead is I stuck them to a pegboard and then I drilled and screwed in a couple of hooks to the side of the shed and then just used baling twine to tie the board to the hooks. And then I can also remove the board and keep it out of the sun. So that's what I've been doing. I'll take the board down after I feed Lara in the morning and keep it out of the sun during the heat of the day when I'm not around anyway um, during most uh, weekdays I'm at work. So that makes sense. Um, I can also, I've also mounted the board to the side of the horse trailer once before and I've got ideas for mounting a board in the round pen. So that those are some other options that I'll talk about. So that's what I've been doing with the board and the buttons. That's my essential physical setup of the whole process. And then in terms of what buttons I've selected. So she has, I'm going to have to count here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. She currently has, as of this recording, 10 buttons. So I'm going to go through and talk about those and about uh, a little bit about how they were introduced and how they've been used. So when I'm thinking about giving her a button, I kind of ask myself a few questions. One is I definitely want to make sure we've modeled that word verbally. We've used that word in conversation, for lack of a better word, uh, with each other. I've said it to her verbally many times already. There are many words we don't have buttons for that she definitely knows and that might not even make sense to give her a word for them. Then the next question is, does it get referenced frequently? Like I probably wouldn't give her a word for the farrier or having our hooves trimmed just because it only happens once every six weeks. I'm not saying I would never give her that word, but it's not like in my top 20 as I'm trying to allocate the finite resources on my button board. I'm not seeing that that one fits into the most important words that we want to share with each other. And then the last piece is, do I think she would want to communicate about it? Now, she's proven me wrong about a couple of buttons that I thought maybe she wouldn't want to communicate about, so I'll tell a story about that one. Um, and so that is what I think about when I'm thinking about introducing buttons to her. I have looked a little bit at the Fluent Pet Resources and at Christina Hunger's book and at some of the thinking around when we set up a communication for humans who are nonverbal, like on an iPad or another communication device, what kind of core vocabulary we give them. Um, but I haven't found that to relate incredibly well to Lyra and how, uh, how we would be communicating with each other. So I've kind of been making it up as I go along. 
and just being really flexible and individualized about our scenario and what we're working on. So as I mentioned before, the very first button I gave her was scratches um, to give her scratches, usually around her pole. And she likes that. She will push that and request that, as I've mentioned. She does not get a treat when she presses that button. I wanted to make the first several buttons ones that don't have any treat involvement just to make sure she knows it's not kind of a clicker training reinforcing behavior piece. I wanted to see if communication in and of itself could be reinforcing. And I think I'm finding that it is, so stay tuned and you can decide uh, for yourself. So the second button I gave her was mask, and that was to represent her fly mask. So if you're a non-horsey person, um, horses can wear a fly mask. They can totally see through it, and it keeps the sun off of their face. It keeps flies out of their eyes. So it's a good care piece, and uh, many, most horses don't seem to mind it. And so I was putting her fly mask on every single morning before work, and then taking it off in the evening. So I was like, okay, we have, we have an object that I've modeled it verbally. It gets referenced at least two times a day. I don't know whether or not she would want to communicate about it, but let's find out. So I gave her the mask button. And it was really the, one of the first interactions with the buttons we had that, that kind of blew my mind. There was a morning where it was going to be cool and it was going to rain later in the day. And I was like, okay, Lyra really doesn't need her fly mask today. So I left it. I left it in the garage and then I went out to take care of her, give her her hay in the morning. And so we didn't have the mask in the morning routine. I did a little bit of clicker training things that I do with her in the morning. Just good morning, hello, little things. And then I started to sweep out her run-in shed where I have her hay net and then I replace her hay net. So I walked away. I said, okay, we're all done. And then I walked into her shed and started sweeping. Usually she follows me. She doesn't get in my way, but she kind of stands there outside the shed. Sometimes she backs up to see if I'll give her a treat for backing up. Um, but she waits there. This time she didn't. She stayed by the buttons. And as I started sweeping, I hear this voice, my voice actually, from the other side of the wall say, mask. And I was like, oh wow, she missed the mask in the morning routine. She didn't understand why we weren't doing the mask. And I, I was just, I know um, that horses are very routine-based animals. They do like routines. They do notice when something is different. But she had a way to tell me, hey, um, lady, why not the mask? What's going on? Admittedly, that's a little bit of anthropomorphizing. Maybe she was just saying, mask? Like, no mask? What? Um, she has never, that's actually the only time she's pressed a button when I didn't invite her to or when I wasn't like, hey, let's talk here by the buttons. I had actually walked away and she wanted to communicate something. And that was just amazing. Now, what did I do? Well, there wasn't much I could do. The mask was all the way back out in the house and I wasn't going to put it on her. It wasn't appropriate for that day, but it really just made me think about how much more could she have to say that she could actually be thinking about an object that's not present 
and that I could have her, I, that she could have a way to tell me about that. And while I love horse body language and I will always be learning about it, that's something she would not be able to tell me with body language. Like, hello, did you, did you forget? And part of me wonders, what was her concept when she pressed mask? Was it just this piece is missing? Did she wonder why? Did, was she trying to prompt me as if I had forgotten something? Um, but she definitely noticed that lack in our routine and was able to tell me about it. And so that just was amazing. And that's one of the things that keeps me going is these moments where my horse is telling me something that gives me even the slightest insight into her mind, which probably has way more depth than we give them credit for. And I want to know how much, so I'm going to keep going. So that was the mask. And so that's our little bit of story time for this episode for how Lyra has used her button. And the next button I gave her was all done. And she's used it a few times. There was actually a time where when like we were all done playing, I would start, I would push all done and then I would go get her hay right after that. And so I think she started pressing the all done button like, hey, let's wrap it up here. I want my my food. Um, I don't tend to train her hungry. Usually I'll give her a snack or something beforehand because that's not a good policy. Uh, no being learns very well when hungry. But sometimes we'll just say the little hi, um, how's it going? Put your fly mask on, get you your hay. It's not like we would be doing any significant training. But I think she did get to a point a few times where she was using the all done button to say, okay, let's be all done here. Can you go get me some hay? I don't know that, of course. That's just totally conjecture on my part. The next button um, I gave her was hug. This was the first button that had any kind of potential food-related reward. And I know there are, in general, in communication, there is a philosophy that you're not supposed to provide food rewards for pressing buttons. And here's where I had a little bit of a difference with Lyra is because I had been clicker training her to teach her to hug me. And then I would always give her a treat after. I didn't want to change that policy just because she pressed the button. Like, okay, if I ask for a hug, you can have a treat. But if you ask for a hug by using your button, no treat for you. I just didn't want to create that association. So yes, I do give her a treat if I'm giving treats uh, after she presses the hug button. She gives me a hug. She really cutely, uh, carefully steps her left shoulder toward me and is ready to wrap her neck around me and she basically targets my uh, far elbow with her nose and that's kind of how I set up the training for hug and so it's super sweet she will request hugs and but I knew by this point that it wasn't all about food that she knew that the buttons had a greater communication purpose by this point. So I felt comfortable and okay giving her that button. I wasn't going to never give her buttons that involved food just because she might be able to request something that involved food. 
I just wanted to make sure she had a concept of communicating with the buttons for communication's sake to start off with. So she got hug, and then the next button I gave her was play, which essentially represents let's start a clicker training session. And I don't do extensive training plans. Sometimes I'll go out to work with her and I'll kind of have an idea of something that we're working on. But usually I have an idea. I like to go out with an idea of like a low energy thing and a high energy thing that we could work on or a really quick thing versus a um, more lengthy session and kind of have a few different uh, options in my brain and then let our uh, our feelings that day dictate what we do. If she's prancing around and has some energy, which is not common for her, then I might lean toward a round pin training or a reverse round pin training session. If she is like really slow and chill, I might lean more toward a session where like I've been working on ear targeting, which is super cute. I might make a, a TikTok video of that just because it's adorable. So play is to start a play session. Um, one of the ones that I have the most video of on TikTok is mirroring when I lift my leg. I lift my left leg, she lifts her left leg. I lift my right leg, she lifts her right leg. And she, that was like her favorite for the longest time. I think she's gotten just a little bit bored of it, um, which is fine because I don't want to just do that forever, but it's really cute also. The next button I gave her, uh, it was Nadetta Summer, pretty darn hot in late July. I gave her the water button and she hasn't used it very much to like request water, mostly because I keep her water uh, available at all times. She never has to tell me that her water is empty. So that's not a concern, but she has used it in a few unique ways that I will talk about in a later podcast. So water is a button she has used and she has used it in context appropriate ways, which is cool also. So then the next uh, button I gave her, I went straight to the source of what uh, horses love. I gave her a hay button. And I believe this was shortly after she had started using the all done button in ways where I thought she was maybe requesting hay. That is just so uh, in Christina Hunger's book, she mentions that that might be an indicator. If you think a horse is like a horse or whatever animal is pressing other buttons because they don't have the button they want. If you think they're trying to extrapolate additional meaning out of some of their buttons because they're missing a button that they want, that's really an indicator that you should give them that button. And another important uh, component is you never deny a button just because you're afraid they might press it too much. That shouldn't be a reason to deny the button. It's like, it's like, shutting off a kid's tongue so that they can't say the word ice cream because they ask for ice cream too often. We don't do that. You, you can't do that. And when uh, there's a request that you can't fulfill, we need to use our communication to find other ways to relay that information, to redirect to a slightly less desirable outcome, but maybe something that could still be enjoyable. Um, there needs to be communication in place to handle requests that can't be fulfilled at the time. So I did give her a hey button and I'll just say I have no regrets. She has actually really used it in really appropriate, context appropriate ways. Like during a time when 
it would probably be about the time when I'd be giving her hay anyway. She doesn't just go randomly and say, hey, hey, hey. I think she understands that certain things happen at certain times, and we can talk about those things when they are relevant. So I haven't had to like say no or figure out a way to say that she can't have hay. It's not like she's, I feel like she's abusing it in any way, shape, or form. That said, she doesn't do a lot of communication on the board when I'm not like walking over to it. It's not like we'll be playing out in the field and she'll walk away from me and go press a button. I haven't seen that happen yet. I'm not saying it never will happen. I will certainly let you know if it does. I think it would actually be kind of cool. And she is welcome to walk away from me when we're doing training sessions if the reinforcement isn't high enough, if it's something she's not interested in anymore. She has walked away from me before, and that's perfectly fine. I There is no punishment. So that is not a concern. The next button I gave her, uh, this was now we're into early August, was the word walk to go for walks. So I will put on her halter, we'll walk around the yard to good patches of grass, we walk down the street, say hi to the, her friend Pony, um, walk down the other side of the street where there's some good grass. So we do go on walks sometimes. And this is probably a button that I don't think that she has used with intention yet. I use it and I model it whenever I'm going to take her out for a walk. And then I'm pondering whether I want to use like a combination of walk and play for her reverse round pen sessions that I do in her field because that's like walk play is I could see that as representing the reverse round pen where she walks around and sometimes trots and then gets treats for that but so far walk is a button that she has not used and it is one of the more recent ones that I've introduced. The next button pretty darn recently here I think it was less than a couple of weeks ago I introduced the ouch button now I have a whole like mental dreamscape about how a horse could maybe get to a point where they could communicate illness or injury in some way because I know lameness exams and finding out exactly where a horse hurts and where they are having issues is a really big piece and they tend to mask that, at least physically, that's entirely within their evolutionary uh, programming to mask illnesses and injury. But maybe if they have words and communication, maybe they would be willing to say that to us, to someone that they trust, who they know typically tries to help them when they're injured. So she hasn't used ouch yet. She's maybe hit it once by accident or by curiosity. Um, but I have some plans. I think there needs to be a little bit more I can do with that. It's also a little tough to model. It's not like she gets injured very often. I mean, occasionally she'll get a little scrape on her hawk from laying or rolling around in the field or something, and I'll use ouch, but I haven't been able to model it very often. So that's another piece where it might just take time to have opportunities to model it. And then I might need to pair that with some other buttons, which I'll talk about later, in order for that to make more sense to her. Last but not least, the button that I gave her the most recently was the word no. And that's, I remember my daughter, who's now, goodness, almost 12, 
when she first learned to say the word no, it was her favorite word in the world. Just that aspect of control and agency. So I think it's totally appropriate that Lyra has the word no. If we are doing something that she's not interested in, I would want her to say no. Um, and I can also definitely model the word no. For example, if she keeps pressing the word play, my treat bag is empty. She's gotten her jackpot. I just happen to be around still a little bit and she asks for play again. Then I can say no and then I can say play all done. So I will be able to model no if there are things that she asks for, requests, or does that I can say no to, I can just say no. And I'm inviting her to learn that word and use it as well. We should, we should all be able to say no in this world, regardless of what kind of mammal we might be. Um, and maybe some birds and stuff too. I'm not, I'm not trying to be totally species discriminatory here. Um, but being able to say no is important. And, and of course, and I'm not even going to get into scenarios where we wouldn't be able to say no, because it's just not worth my breath. We all know there are emergencies, there can be fire, there can be blood, and that's a totally different scenario. That's not even what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about these words on the side of the shed, we're talking about developing our relationship, communicating, playing, learning, and having fun. So that is always the type of scenario I'm talking about when we're talking about these communication buttons. All right. And the next word I'm going to introduce is the opposite companion to know, which is yes. So I want her to be able to say yes if I make offers of things or if she requests something, she requests, hey, I will model yes. I do actually say yes to her frequently. Just verbally, I model that constantly. So I think that will be a pretty easy one for her to pick up. And though I do kind of wonder if there will be any confusion, because I frequently use yes when I'm training her to do something as like a keep going signal. Um, one thing we're working on is having her walk away from me toward a target, which uh, is something that's been, she's been a little slower to learn because she's very attached to me. Um, so I'm trying to get her to walk to a target away from me, even if I'm going a different direction. And when I've been able to do that, when she does start heading that direction, I will tell her yes. So when she's on the right track, this is before I'm clicking and giving her a reward. This is my word that's like, yes, you're on the right track. Yes. So I do use that pretty frequently. I'm not sure that it's incompatible with using it for um, an affirmative of something we want or something that we're going to do. So those are all 10 of Lara's current buttons and the 11th button to come. Not quite sure where I will go after that, but to get back to the ouch button, because that kind of leads to the future as I see it. So the companion, of course, to the ouch button would be buttons to be able to say, well, where does it hurt, right? I have already been doing a little bit of training with Lyra, just verbally, on parts of her body. And I do this, uh, it's a great game in the summertime with water, and I will fill a little container with water, just like a, a plastic cup that's uh, a large one, like a... a convenience store, big soda cup. I'll fill one up with water and then 
I will touch a part of her body, like her shoulder. And I'll say shoulder. And then I will offer her the cup. If she touches the cup, then I will say water, shoulder. And I will pour the water on her shoulder. So every time we do this, she gets two verbal examples of that part of her body, as well as the tactile sensation of having water on that part of her body. So I definitely choose to do this in hot days, and then I do reward her after. So she gets a treat after every uh, water uh, being poured upon her. So she likes this game. I do this quite frequently. And then, of course, the next obvious step is to incorporate the word buttons. And then maybe I can have her tell me, where does she want the water? Where do you want the water? And I can model that first. So instead of, I will touch her shoulder, and then I'll say shoulder, and then I'll push the button shoulder, and then I will offer her the water container. Then if she targets it, I will touch the button water, and then touch the button shoulder, and then pour the water on her shoulder. So that's my plan. And I can't say I'm going to implement it today, tomorrow, or within the next week, because I've got a pretty insane schedule um, lately. But that's where I'd like to go. And I think I have a pretty good plan for teaching her her body parts and teaching them with water. I can also teach them with scritches. When it gets a little cooler, we can use scritches for sure. And then I'm thinking those body parts will be available for a lot of conversation. So I, my typical grid of buttons, which I have not filled out yet for my initial board, is, let's see, it's like seven by four. So 28 buttons can fit on the size board that I'm using right now with approximately four inch spacing. And is that the right spacing for a horse? Heck if I know. Um, it seems to be okay so far with the 10 buttons that I have. She has occasionally pressed the wrong button, but I don't think it's been incredibly onerous. She is still able to press the hug button, which is kind of surrounded on several sides by other buttons. So I haven't seen it to be a problem so far. And I do know those, those lips are awfully dexterous. Um, they can eat certain pieces of grass out of other things. So I don't think it's a problem. I think my spacing is okay. Um, of course, I'll be watching out if she sees the, if she feels that the spacing is a problem and has challenges pressing the buttons that she wants to press, I will definitely reconsider. I do have a video on TikTok, which is super cute, where she self-corrects because she accidentally pressed water, which is the button right below hug, and then she pressed hug three times immediately after. And that in and of itself was a really cool example of her awareness of the buttons that she's pressing and what they say and that she knows what she's asking for. So the next board, like I said, I'm thinking about body parts and that's where I'm going. And I just see this amazing future where we can have cooperative care conversations with our equines. So if you have any questions, again, reach out to me, uh, wordswithhorses at gmail.com. Please share, like, rate, review the podcast. Uh, pick me up on the other social media channels and reach out if you're doing some of this as well. 
and let me know how it's going for you. I am just one person doing this, and I'm not saying that I have all of the answers. I mostly have buckets and buckets of questions. Thanks for listening.